Hey everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can find us at SKNR.net as we have movies, games, television, hardware, pop culture, entertainment, and so much more. You can also catch us on Sci-Fi Radio, that's S-C-I-F-I dot radio, as we have our Skewedcast simulcast a couple times on Friday. 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Pacific. We also have a uh, range of offerings on there where we do our uh, film and game reviews there, and there's lots of quality uh, articles. There's lots of great science fiction-related shows and music, and you do want to check them out. You can go to Pinal, P-I-N-A-L central.com, keyword skewed, and that is the network of 12 newspapers and 21 markets we do our game reviews for. Um, I also have uh, Skewed and Reviewed, the magazine. You can get that at Barnes & Noble and other outlets. We're working on the September issue. And aside from syndication, we also have our big outlet on KISWFM Radio's BJ Shea Nation. We do our segments each week on that. And again, covering all things movies, games, and pop culture and more. A little bit of a crazy time right now. We have uh, some conventions coming up. Things are in flux. I had some travel plans in place that got uh, changed due to things. Uh, we had Mark, who is uh, located in Las Vegas, got to go out and cover the Creation Entertainment uh, Star Trek show over the weekend. We have some video recaps of that up on our YouTube page. So just look up Student Reviewed and you'll find out a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, we have CinemaCon coming up next week and I was gonna go and do that, but uh, just too much going on, a schedule conflict, and so Mark and Michael and Karen are going to cover that, and we'll have all that coverage for you. We have our team in place for PAX, uh, another thing I was set to go up to, but everything got crazy, but uh, I am planning on making sure that we have the Not Scary Farm, Not Scary Farm covered in September. We're working on getting the Universal uh, Studios Halloween Horror Nights covered, and we are also going to be covering the brand new Hallow Scream at SeaWorld, uh, but that one will be in October. So, Michael is off at a screening tonight, Joseph is off covering something, so it's just Justin and I, we have a quicker uh, than usual show, but we wanted to make sure we get this in, and uh, might be quicker shows the next couple of weeks, simply because, like, next weekend... We have uh, people coming back from CinemaCon, but then we also have people going out again. So trying to get everybody in the same place at the same time, even remotely, can be tricky. Wanted to mention two things of hardware before we get on to our show. The first thing is uh, Fujitsu's FI-800R digital scanner. Now, uh, as many people can imagine, very easy to have a cluttered work environment, cluttered home, cluttered office, especially now with so many people working from home and also transitioning back to the office. We know people that are doing like two days at the office, the rest at home, and you have all this paper and then you have all these documents. Well, the uh, FI-800R has a 40 page per minute scanning speed with manual feed. It allows uh, you to do portrait color, you can do as many as 4,500 sheets a day. And the great thing about it is it's got a compact design. So it's really ideal, like on my desk here. Uh, I have a lot of space in my desk, but believe it or not, a lot of it is covered. So it's really nice to be able to put this in one area, have it accessible without having to take up a lot of space. 
and it does some great things like, for example, you can scan documents of any size, you can put checks in there, you can put receipts, you can put full uh, papers, documents, but it also has a return scan option, so you can put in passports, you can put in ID cards, uh, I use it for business cards, it's actually, you know, fantastic for that. Uh, especially with conventions kicking back, knock on wood, where you should be getting more of those. Uh, automatic stacking technology, so you can do continuous scanning, literally just set it in, pop, 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 pop. And then the great thing about it is you can decide where you want it to go. Do you want it stored online? Do you want it onto a device? Do you want it to go, uh, you know, here, there, emailed, here, there, everywhere. And you can also access it very easily, access it very easily through your phone. So like if you're away and you go, oh no, I need that tax document or something. Say you're at the accountant, bop, 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 pull it up, there you have it. So really impressive. We're gonna be doing a written review on that soon, but uh, check it out from Fujitsu. Another new product that we wanted to talk about has just dropped on the market and it's a brand new streaming uh, microphone from Rocat and it's called the Torch. It comes with dual condenser capable design with 24-bit audio quality, professional mixer style, three pickup patterns, as well as contactless quick mute gesture control. So it also uh, allows you to use the RGB lighting with the AMO system, so you can customize the look that works for you, driver-free uh, plug-and-play setup, and best of all, if you don't want it on your desktop, it is compatible with a boom arm, no issues at all. $99.99, you can also buy it directly from Rocat in four interest-free installments. They accept PayPal, all the various options, so you do want to check that out. So before we get to our main topic of discussion today, I also wanted to mention that uh, coming up in two days on the 19th, we're supposed to get a reveal for the new Call of Duty game, Call of Duty Vanguard, which is the next game in the series from Sledgehammer Games. It is set during World War II, and there is a reveal plan for the Call of Duty Warzone. I had a little bit of a video teaser from it, so I'm really curious to see what the gameplay is gonna be, if we're gonna have vehicles like we did in Call of Duty World War II. Personally, I really enjoyed hopping into the tank and taking over uh, locations as much as I could with, with uh, that. Um, didn't like having to dodge the incendiary shotgun rounds too much because I felt one little nick and I was up, but you know, overcome and adapt, that's the way. So really interesting to see what the new Call of Duty. So Justin, this weekend we have QuakeCon going on. Once again, it is going on um, online and we have heard all sorts of rumors and they have their big, you know, essentially opening presentation. And uh, we're getting some rumors that Quake is gonna be addressed. So can you tell us what's going on with that? Yeah, so the, uh, the rumor is that there's some sort of, and I've heard different things, you can kind of correct me if uh, you've heard new information, but the rumors I heard uh, ranged from a kind of quasi remaster of the original Quake uh, all the way to some sort of like reboot of the original Quake. Um, uh, the, the consistent thread through them is that the team behind um, the new Wolfenstein games was, is apparently heading this project. So that, that would be Machine Games. Um, they made the Wolfenstein the New Order and the uh, uh, and its sequels. So, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll have to kind of see what exactly is, is going on with that. But, uh, I mean, if, if these rumors are true, I, I, I'm psyched. I mean, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Uh, after the, the treatment Doom got um, with Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, I thought that that was a perfect um, continuation of the franchise. It was a great celebration of everything that was re- that really made the original Doom game special. Um, and uh, I, I thought that you know, if there was any series that I think could, uh, that should follow kind of the Doom treatment, the Doom 2016 treatment, it should be Quake. Now, uh, to go on a, a tiny bit of history, uh, Quake Quake 1 and 2 are, like, radically different. I mean, even Quake 3 is radically different. Um, both Quake 1 and Quake 2 are, are popular for different reasons. Um, and I thought that either one really could have, either setting really could have been uh, a great opportunity for, for id Software to explore uh, again and give it kind of like the Doom kind of reboot-esque um, treatment. Um, you know, do, or, uh, Quake 2 and 4, they, they take place in the same universe, and I, I think that that's another, uh, another setting that they really should explore at some point, and maybe that's what... Uh, id software is doing now that doom they're kind of putting doom on the shelf um we probably won't see anything that they're working on for quite some time but with machine games um if it's true that they're working on the quake one setting um that is really fascinating to me just because um i always thought that the quake one setting uh had a lot of potential but um it kind of got left by the wayside because of um you know some issues with it that, that game had some pretty bad uh, uh, development hell issues, um, it, to put it lightly. You know, some clashing visions as to what it, what the uh, the guys over at it wanted it to be. Uh, you had a lot of really powerful personalities that were very, extremely talented in different regards. You had, like, Romero, who was really great at map design. You had uh, Carmack, who's great in technology. Um, so you ended up kind of getting this sort of quasi Cthulhu, you know, sci-fi kind of, um, setting. And it, it seemed, it was, it was interesting, but it wasn't super well realized. Um, but it had great level design and it really, you know, it, it was the, it was one of the first 3d first person shooters. So it, it held, it holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Um, really important to like the history of gaming. So, you know, I'm curious to see what they do. You know, I would really like to see them explore this setting and flesh it out more, because uh, I think it really could be unique. I think it could be could differentiate itself enough from uh, Doom and uh, Wolfenstein, um, and really kind of like, you know, be a really exciting game to look forward to. Um, also, uh, just the other thing too is that you know we didn't really see a lot from what Bethesda is offering uh, at E3. Um, so I think this would be a really good opportunity for them to, you know, garner some excitement for, for their franchises. Uh, as I said to the folks on the radio show a week or so ago, you know, naturally everyone's going to be screaming about Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, but, you know, as you mentioned, E3, we got to look at their brand new four-person game. We got to look at Deathloop, which is coming soon. We also have that uh, Tokyo Ghost, uh, was it Tokyo Ghost, or... Uh, I forget the exact title coming up very soon. But Quake is an opportune time to do this. I mean, as you mentioned with Doom, they essentially took the concept of the original game, 
uh, relaunched it and expanded on it, and it has worked very well for uh, the game, the sequels. And I remember with Quake when it came out, a lot of people don't necessarily remember this. It really pushed the technology of the time. I was playing it on a 486-100, but you had a lot of people saying, "Oh, you got to have a, you got to have a Pentium, and you've got to have." a graphic card in order to properly play it and there was all of this talk about you know let's not forget romero if i remember correctly he was the one who had a lot of issues because he ended up going off and uh doing ion storm and daikatana but i remember one of his comments uh essentially was he said he was getting frustrated with making these great engines but basic games because he felt that one of the problems that was going on with it is that they would make these fantastic gaming engines and then they would license them out to other companies who would make better games and essentially what they were putting out were fancy tech demos now i never agreed with that because i still think while there were some good games built on the quake 2 engine for example and so on down the line there were a lot of good games built on that you know you can point to half-life and things like that you still go back to uh, Doom and Doom 2 as absolute legends. You go back to Quake, and as you said, Justin, that was a defining game in the industry. I mean, you know, I remember going in there and picking up that nail gun and just wailing on someone, and you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. And so, yes, this would be a good time to do it, but the question, as you said, are they going to rewrite the mythos? Are they going to take the original game and build on it? Are they going to just take the original game and touch up the graphics? Or are they going to take the uh, Strog from 2, 4, and let's not forget the online shooter that they had, and um, have you go that way? There, you know, there was a Quake game at one time, I believe, that was in development that some people referred to it as Call of Duty Quake that got shot down or was that doom i'm trying to remember do you do you remember it, it was doom um it was, it was the okay. the game that was supposed to follow doom 3 okay perfect and then you know remember we had quake champions recently the online uh shooter where you know it was essentially just that it had the look of quake but it was run around and blow, kill other people you weren't shooting um you know, monsters and legions of them. So I would love to see that. And it would be interesting that if they do indeed just enhance the old game, Machine Games has not done an online component to Wolfenstein uh, other than the new one, the Youngbloods, where, you know, you had the co-op version of that. And I would love to go back to the old thing because I, I, I'm still very nostalgic for Doom and Doom 2 being able to play co-op, being able to go through the entire game with another person was an absolute game changer at that time. I mean, sure, deathmatch was, uh, you know, and gameplay on four on four over a local bulletin board was limited tech, but be able, being able to direct dial over a modem and play through the entire game co-op was great. I mean, how many times do you remember being fully loaded in Doom 2 and you open a door and your buddy's behind the door and he freaks out thinking it's a monster and takes you out point blank with the double barrel shotgun just as you got the BFG, the rockets, and you were fully loaded to go clean up. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it. Now, of course, now with uh, able to do the voice chat over the phone, excuse me, uh, over the phone or uh, through voice chat programs, 
you don't have that problem. Back in the dial-up days, uh, if you picked up the phone, well, there, there went your connection. But it'll be interesting to see what they have. And of course, you know, it's always this thing right now where everybody has got high expectations, but you also have to temper them because we have gone into things like uh, various shows since this whole situation began with lofty expectations and found that things were actually more, much more reserved, much more restrained than we expected them to be. Yes, we have Gamescom coming up, and so there was a lot of talk about, oh, we're going to get this reveal, that reveal. Um, is it going to be indie games? Are the big boys going to do anything? Because, you know, like you said, you look at the release chart. We know Far Cry 6 is coming. We know that there's a new Call of Duty. We know that there's the Diablo 2 remaster coming. Beyond that, it's kind of open to, well, what is everyone getting excited about? We've already seen a few things uh, have their release dates changed. We mentioned Deathloop. We know that is coming. So it'll be really, really interesting to see what comes and uh, where things go from there. And uh, Justin, are there any other games or any other things in the industry, movie, games, TV, that you're uh, interested in that you heard about this week? Hmm, for this week, uh, Quake is kind of, QuakeCon is kind of the big one. Um, like you said, Call of Duty um, is, is also being revealed, so that'll kind of be a big deal. Um, I've, I've also heard that there might be um, some Sony news. I heard a rumor that maybe that there would be an announcement for uh, in the next state of play sometime soon. Um, but, you know, th that's a huge grain of salt. You kind of hear those kind of uh, rumors all the time. But I heard a rumor that it was Thursday, and some people thought that was where the um, uh, Call of Duty reveal was going to be. But then it was brought up that the from activision's pr itself that the, the reveal is going to take place in warzone but that doesn't mean that they aren't going to do a reveal right after i mean they could place it in warzone and then an hour or two later release the trailer uh or they could say okay we're going to reveal it in warzone but then you know a half hour later sony does a state of play and there it is so who knows yeah so hopefully we hear some some news there that maybe we'll get some news on uh uh what sony's up to because uh, we haven't really, uh, we haven't really heard. Um, they didn't really do anything for E3, so um, I'm kind of curious to see what they're up to. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention briefly is that the trailer for the upcoming animated sci-fi anthology series Star Wars Visions has uh, arrived. It'll be coming soon to Disney Plus, and we're also hearing rumors that filming has completed on the Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries. And so while it's not due until next year, I think it's very exciting to uh, have that come out, especially with the cast that they have. And it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what exactly was going on with Obi-Wan Kenobi in this span between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. So a lot of good stuff there. Now, Justin, we had a little bit of alien news. I think we should mention that... Uh, um, Fireteam Elite, Aliens Fireteam Elite is due out next week, and uh, we're all really excited about that and hopefully going to shoot up a lot of the aliens. But did you see the news that dropped today about Nerf with their pulse rifle? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it looks cool. It's, uh, it's like a Nerf replica. I was actually just looking at that a little bit ago. I don't know why I didn't mention it. Uh, but, yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, it looks like a 
like a nice re replicate a uh, uh, complete replicate of a of an M4 um, pulse rifle from Alien. So so that's cool. Uh, it's a um, it's a celebration of I think the 35th anniversary. Um, so that's cool. I mean, it's it shows that you know there's a little bit of activity going on. I have a couple of alien figures here or there. I'm not one. I like them, but I'm not one of those that has to grab all of them because it, it adds up. And, you know, truthfully, while I like them, I tend to keep them in the box and that sort of thing. I have like a bobblehead and, and two figures. And uh, I I will admit uh, I, I did uh, break down and order that thing today. I'm not, uh, you know, big into I, I obviously played a lot of Nerf as a kid, but I'm not one of those who has to grab all the new lego sets and all the collectibles but when i saw that saw that it had the digital counter saw that it had the over under and apparently it makes a realistic fire sound i i said hey, you know what you, you got me that's an impulse buy right there so yeah. i decided i <laughs> and michael apparently got one as well so you know that's that's going to be terrifying and i have a feeling you're probably debating the pros and cons of that but you can get that at hasbropulse.com it apparently is not going to be in stores it's a limited edition uh 94.99 is the pre-order on it um but uh yeah just some of the stuff that they talk about is that it it's uh, over two feet long it features an electronic dart counter and movie accurate sounds uh, it's 28 inches long, fully assembled, and it comes in uh, packaging, and it's fully motorized with flywheel and pump action. So you can basically pop in the clip and go that way, or you can do the pump action. Two different types of ammo, and of course, you're just like, all right, you, you, you had me. I'm, I'm good to go. What can you do? So be very interesting to see how that plays out. Now, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, we, we talked briefly about Aliens Fireteam Elite coming out and really excited to see not only what the reception uh, for the game is going to be, I'm curious to see how uh, it ties in with the most recent novel because it, the most recent novel was said to be a connecting issue. But it will be interesting to see how this expands upon the universe because as of now, we are not due to get any alien content until the new series uh, comes next year on Hulu and uh, um, other outlets. So I'm really curious to see how that plays out. And uh, beyond that, just a lot of stuff going on right now. And hopefully uh, next week, you know, we'll have some stuff to talk about uh, that we can share with you. I've had a couple of things come in, but unfortunately they're under embargo and I can't... Uh, reveal them yet but we have some film screenings coming up we're going to be seeing shang chi very very soon and as soon as the uh, embargo lifts we'll have the review for you on that and then of course uh really curious what the guys are going to have from CinemaCon. so we'll be you know giving you the latest movie news and the uh information as we get it so folks until then thank you so much for listening take care be safe and we'll talk to you soon <laughs>